Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Claire. And Beth. We're here to uh, share a little message with you before we get into the next episode. Uh, We're coming to you from the future. Uh, This episode we recorded a couple weeks ago, but uh, today is June 24th, which will go down in history probably as the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. So we're asking why are men extra hard today? Yeah, it's been a really difficult day uh, for us. And I know for many of the folks who listen to our podcast. Um, So we wanted to take a minute and just reflect and say that your feelings are valid and this country is bullshit. (laughs) And we're kind of mourning the loss of uh, our right to take care of our own bodies. Yep, that is exactly it. And feeling powerless in this kind of situation sucks. So we thought, hey, you know what, we have some listeners out there who I'm sure have the same stance on this issue as we do, or else they probably would not listen to this podcast. (laughs) Very true. So we are going to try a little experiment. Um, If any of you out there make a donation to any kind of abortion fund or Planned Parenthood, but probably like a local thing would be most helpful. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be donating to Midwest Access Coalition, which uh, helps people like find housing if they need to travel out of state in the Midwest to get an abortion because of the laws in their state, things like that, which will be becoming more and more important, obviously, uh, as this shit show unfolds. Uh, So if you make a donation to any kind of organization like that of any amount of money in, let's say, the next two weeks and send us a screenshot or some kind of proof of donation to the vddiaries at gmail.com, we will enter you into a drawing for a very special prize of some kind of podcast merch yet to be determined. So I know uh, that's very exciting to everybody out there, but we want to use our vast influence to compel you all to put some money into some good pockets. Definitely. And yeah, you can't say no to that perk of a first run limited edition Vampire Diaries Diaries podcast merch. Most likely one of a kind. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely one of a kind. So yes, again, just send us that screenshot or whatever, uh, the the little proof of purchase you cut off the cereal box, (laughs) and we will (laughs) enter you in and we'll announce who the extremely lucky winner is in two weeks from today, which is going to be in the future for us now. Well, we're time traveling all over the place. We are. This is getting very (laughs) mystical over here. Before Um, I blow my own mind too much, (laughs) we should probably wrap this up. Yes. Well, thank you, Claire, for coming up with this idea. And um, everybody give yourself a little bit of space and recognition um, if you need to take it over the next I don't know, I want to say like days, weeks, months, but I realize that it's going to be a very long time um, that we're dealing with the ramifications of this. So just know that we're here for you. um, And I hope that this little amount of fun um, can help us drive some funds to places that need it the most and the people who will benefit from it the most. Also, we love you. Uh, Thank you in advance. And now that that's out of the way, we're going to go into today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast where we learn that nothing gold can stay with the return of our two least favorite characters. (laughs) I'm Beth, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed co-host, Claire. 
and we're happy to bring you season three, episode 19, Heart of Darkness. Wow. Such a dramatic episode title. I know. Well, I felt the darkness in my heart after we saw the two characters that returned to this episode. They couldn't stagger it at all. They had to bring it in all at once. Just a bucket of cold water. Well, because I know there was so much horniness in this episode that they had to like kill our boners somehow. Yeah, that's true. Well, it worked. (laughs) Well, at the beginning of the episode, I was extremely relieved to see that they finally put Alaric in the dungeon. Right? You've been saying, you've been calling that for the past couple of weeks. Like, what the hell? (laughs) The moment that they found out that he was a secret, like, sleepwalking serial killer, he should have been behind bars in a cage. Right. I know. So yeah, Alaric's finally down there. And we open the episode with Elena bringing him a little bit of a care package. So she waltzes in there and she's like, hey, I brought you all the necessities, toothbrush, clothes, books, and Alaric's all like, Jekyll and Hyde. And Elena says, LOL, oh, that rascal Damon, he must have put that one in there. (laughs) But Alaric says, at least somebody still has a sense of humor. Ah, there we go. (laughs) So sweet about his boyfriend. Yes. I thought it was really funny that she brought books specifically to help him fall asleep because their whole thing in this episode is Alaric has to fall asleep to become evil Alaric so they can interrogate him about where the stake is. Right. (laughs) So we didn't get to see most of the books, but Moby Dick did get dragged pretty hard. Yes, (laughs) it did. And that was weird because I don't, I mean, it could have just been me not paying attention as usual, but I don't remember... Alaric falling asleep as like a precursor for him becoming evil Alaric because he kind of did it in the MRI he wasn't sleeping in there yeah it's really unclear and inconsistent and there's definitely at least (laughs) one moment in this episode where I genuinely have no idea if he was good Alaric or bad Alaric (laughs) Ooh, and we get the uh what's the term moniker moniker evil Alaric yes is that what they call him evil Alaric so Elena has waltzed right into the dungeon, which is hilarious, because it's like, why is he in a dungeon? If everybody's just coming in and out at all times, like, is that door even locked? <laughs> right. <laughs> but Elena mentions that Stefan's going to be on babysitting duty for a while because she and Damon are taking a trip to Denver to collect Jeremy. <sighs> wow. That really sets it up for the episode. And then she shares that it's um, Stefan's idea that she accompanies uh, Damon on this road trip. And Alaric's all like, girl, why? And she explains that Stefan wants her to sort out any unresolved feelings that she might have for Damon. Yep. It's still so creepy to me when she opens up to Alaric about this stuff. Yeah, especially since Damon is his boyfriend. Right, yeah, it adds a layer of complexity. Yeah, she really thinks that he's going to be mad about this, but he's like, I don't care, I have bigger things going on right now. (laughs) Right, (laughs) they all do. (laughs) Although Stefan is pretty uh, fixated on this one. Speaking of, he is standing upstairs, gloomily staring into a blazing fire in the living room, Mm -hmm. as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Damon comes in, and they kind of have a little bit of a back and forth about how Stefan's staying with Alaric and that he's going to try and figure out um, how he can get the stake location out of evil Alaric. And 
yeah, Damon kind of makes a reference to the fact that he's good Stefan again, so he should be able to handle it and he trusts him or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And the whole time they're talking about this steak situation, I'm like, could you not just find another oak tree and make an extra steak out of that? It would look the same and be like, yep, here they are. Oh, How that's are they a gonna good know? point. That's a really good point, Claire. I didn't consider that. It's not like they're testing it out on themselves. Right? But that's, you know, the kind of logic that would make this episode not be able to happen. So <laughs> I, I uh, will allow it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, yeah, then Elena comes in and she, like, is, like, grabbing her coat or something and gearing up for the big trip. Um, and Damon's all like, have you ever flown first class? And Elena's like, who did you have to compel to get that ticket? And he's like, hey, I used my miles. Come on. (laughs) But this is very confusing because they also state that they're going on a road trip. So I don't know if this was just a joke or if they're actually driving from Virginia to Colorado. Yeah. And they I don't know if you think too hard about it. It doesn't make any sense because like the rest of the episode takes place in a day. And they got mm-hmm. to Denver and, like, had an overnight in a motel. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's true. Well, that was all happening, but whatever. Um, I'm wondering, like, when does Damon fly to get Miles? Was he flying to all of the, like, animal attack locations at the beginning of the season? And that's how he racked up these Miles? Probably. Why doesn't he just zoom? I know. Ugh, too many plot holes in this, in this episode already. Yeah. So Stefan and Elena have a little moment before she leaves where he just like looks at her in that typical like Stefan, I love you face and says, be safe, which I take to mean no glove, no love. (laughs) Uh, I hate that stupid Stefan face. He looks like a baby deer. (laughs) He looks like he's watching his child take their first steps. He does. Yes. It's like a it's like a caring grandmother look or something. I think you've called it a grandmotherly look before. Because <laughs> I saw the face and I was like, Beth said something about this before. I, uh, I don't remember that, but I'm glad because I was right. <laughs> so then we get our title card. So a lot has been set up for this episode. And luckily, the next scene, we're back at school. So we were just talking last week and I think the week before how nobody had gone to school in a really long time and we had no idea if there still was a school or what the hell was going on. But we see that Matt is at school and Rebecca's at school and they're in the midst of planning a decade dance. Oh, man. And how long has it been since we had a decade dance? I know, at least a season. And Caroline comes in and she's like, what the hell is this? Why am I seeing like a setup for a champagne fountain? I have questions about that also. (laughs) This is supposed to be the 1970s, Matt. What the hell? And of course, Rebecca strolls and is like, the 70s were garbage. I love the 1920s because I was asleep after that. So I didn't actually see the 70s. So how do I have opinions on it? I don't know. Oh, so true. And Rebecca's throwing the shade because she's like, when Caroline walks in, she's like, oh, good, y'all here. We need help setting up the tables. But 
Caroline isn't having it. So she's like asserting herself here. She's like, listen, I am the chair of the dance committee and this is not how it's going to go down. But interestingly enough, Matt kind of steps into this conversation for some reason. And he's like, well, the 20s do sound kind of cool. Or, you know, he says something like that. Um, And Caroline is clearly unhappy with him kind of defending Rebecca's choice of the 20s dance. And she kind of like storms off. There's a great moment in here where Rebecca and... (laughs) Caroline are arguing and Matt's like, well, maybe we, we could do both. And they both just like oh. turn around and snap, no, at the same time. That's right. Oh, can the you power, imagine what a mess that would be? <laughs> the power of a double no from Caroline and Rebecca, it could save the world. Yes. <laughs> or destroy the world. But yes, she storms out. Apparently she's just not going to go to school. I guess maybe it's after school, but... Matt then sneaks out after her and we find out this was a sneaky scheme. They were pretending. Wow. Matt has gotten a lot better at subterfuge since he was conspiring with uh, Sheriff Forbes to like figure out what was going on with Caroline last season. (laughs) He has. Matt's getting on my good side. I have to say it. I never thought that I'd see the day. I know it's wild. I think it's because he's not dating anybody. So he's just like everybody's friend. So his vibe is a lot more chill. That's exactly what it is. Definitely. He's not acting a fool, like being some sort of like crazy protective boyfriend wannabe. Anyway, yeah. So Caroline's like, hey, Matt, that was pretty impressive. You totally sold it. And he's like, yeah, you know, you bought yourself a day. Tell him I said hi. Who is him? Oh, my gosh. So, yes, something's going on with Caroline, but we don't get to see that because first we have to visit Alaric reading Moby Dick. And he looks like he's about five pages in. (laughs) And I was thinking, if you wanted to make yourself fall asleep, what book would you read? Because I know what I would read. Mm -hmm. There was this book that I had to read the summer going into sophomore year, so 11th grade. It was called like The Ocean Beneath Us or something. And it was like a nonfiction book about like the wildlife and like marine biology and it was so fucking boring (laughs) and I that was the first time in my whole life I like didn't read a book that was due for an assignment Um, and it was a very stressful time for me because I was such a nerd that I just like always read everything and like would have notes and with that book I just like was like I'm not fucking reading this (laughs) Um, because it was so boring so that would be the book that I would choose. Beth thinks the ocean is very boring. Got it. (laughs) Yes, nothing going on down there that interests me. No, thank you. (laughs) How about you, my friend? (laughs) I was going to say Anna Karenina because that is like the longest and most insufferable book I've ever read cover to cover. But Mm -hmm. you mentioned like school assignments and I just had the memory that when I took art history freshman year of college, literally every time I tried to read my textbook, I fell asleep. Wow. <laughs> it was rough. Oh, but in my defense, choices. like the entire first half of the semester was basically dedicated to different people's paintings of Jesus, like baby Jesus and the Virgin Mary. And I'm like, I yeah. don't care about Madonna and child. Find a new subject. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yes, Moby Dick, I think, is a good choice. I n- I've actually never read Moby Dick. I feel like most people haven't read Moby Dick. I feel like there's probably Mm -hmm. an abridged version that cuts out all of the stuff about, like, seafaring 
like facts. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about the ocean, so I'm not lining yeah. up to read it. Anytime. That's your nightmare. <laughs> That's what happens for you in the bad place. Yes. <laughs> but Alaric has not been able to fall asleep yet. He is having trouble. Yes. But luckily, Stefan brings down a huge bottle of whiskey, like not a small one, a big one. And he's like, well, I brought you a little something to maybe help speed up the process and help you go to sleep. So they decide to tip back a drink and Alaric kind of like starts bringing up the road trip because he's curious about why Stefan chose to stay. Um, and he sent Damon with Elena on the trip. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I didn't take as many notes on this episode is because there's so many scenes where somebody is just like saying a really long speech about their feelings. <laughs> and I just didn't yeah. feel the need to write it down. <laughs> Because Stefan here is like, well, you know, I've been trying to win her back, but if she has feelings for somebody else, there's no point. So we need to, like, get this out of the way. Yeah, and it was so fucking annoying because he, like, keeps presenting, like, his, like, ripper phase and him, like, emotionally torturing Elena at Wickery Bridge and him, like, trying to control his bloodlust all as things that he's doing to like try and get Elena back but that's just bullshit because he was doing all that shit first like before he even wanted Elena back and he wanted nothing to do with Elena and now he's trying to present all of the trials that he's gone through as like a path back to her and it's just fucking bullshit Ugh. yeah and also like it's possible to have feelings for two people at the same time but she's been very clear that she wants to be with Stefan and like it's yeah. awkward because they're brothers but like you're just shooting yourself in the foot here, Stefan, or shooting yourself in the dick, more like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, preach. But he wouldn't be Stefan if he wasn't being a martyr, so. Yeah. And also in this conversation, um, they start alluding to the fact that, like, there's only a limited amount of time that Stefan has to, like, work with Alaric to try and figure out where the stake is before he just has to straight up start torturing him. Um, so we start to feel the pressure a little bit there um, with this cellar situation. Yep. And, and then, then something Karen, terrible happens. Yeah, I was going to say you take this one because I don't want to start talking. I don't want to introduce this topic. <laughs> so Damon and Elena, uh, well, first we get some like B-roll of mountains. So we know we're in Denver. <laughs> yes. Have they flown there? Have they walked there? Have they driven there? Who knows? But we see Damon and Elena strolling along but at the batting cages. <laughs> because of, of course. course, that's where Jeremy is. And they watch Jeremy totally whiff. And Damon makes a sassy comment about, like, next time he compels him, he's going to make him better at baseball. <laughs> like, is that how compulsion works? Could you compel somebody to be really good at sports? I don't know. I feel like that's an unexplored topic within the show. <laughs> but, yes, Jeremy is here. It's terrible. He's bad at baseball yeah. and bad at not being a douchebag. Yeah, and as soon as he sees Elena and Damon, he's like, oh, what's wrong? And then they explain that they've come to visit because they need Jeremy to use his dead people talking skills in order to contact Rose so that they could figure out who sired her so that they could understand what original their bloodline is descended from. Right. And he's yeah. like, I can't just do it like that. You know, I I didn't know Rose. Like, 
you're putting a lot of eggs in this basket and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it didn't seem like, I mean, it's been a while since we've like had this whole ghost talking thing or dead people talking thing, but it didn't seem like Jeremy could just do it on demand at any point. Also, I don't understand why he can still do it because at the conclusion of the whole ghost arc, I thought they all went away because he couldn't see Vicky and Anna anymore. Right, yeah. But I don't know. Apparently he can see ghosts. It's just like he doesn't want to? Question mark? I don't know. But then Jeremy's like, all right, well, whatever. I'll try to help you. But we got to do this later because my friend is here. Yes, Damon, I do have friends. <laughs> Which that, that made me laugh. I think Damon did compel him to make friends. So that's probably why. Oh, okay. I mean, that's probably the only reason that he did make friends. Well, except we find out in a second that his friend is actually Cole. I know. Damn. Yeah, so Cole walks in and Elena's like, it's Cole. Then all of a sudden Cole like grabs a bat and just smashes Damon with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jeremy's like, wait, what? Huh? How? And Cole says, no hard feelings, mate, but we're not buds. Uh, like a stake through Jeremy's emotions. It's just like the time when Tyler Lockwood took him out shooting in the forest and he thought they were falling in love, but it turned out Klaus had ordered him to steal his leather cuff or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say I would feel bad, but it's Jeremy, so. Yep. But luckily, Damon is able to react quickly and suddenly stakes Cole. um, And Jeremy's all like, is he dead? But (laughs) Damon explains that, no, he's an original. So that's just going to slow him down. And it gives him some time to kind of like get out of Dodge. Yeah. Get away from Cole. There's a lot of baseball bat fighting action in this episode. And I was very confused that Cole used an aluminum bat when there was a wooden bat as an option. Because that's right. what Damon used to stake him. Damon, as they're leaving, uh, Jeremy says something like, oh, I can't believe he was a vampire this whole time. And Damon <laughs> says, did you think it was weird that you made a friend so fast? Have you met you? <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, Bert. So they leave the batting cages and they take a quick ride over to a motel that has some beautiful mountains in the background and Damon explains that they've gone to the middle of nowhere uh, where Cole can't find them yes and they get into the hotel room and Jeremy's like okay so like do you have a picture of Rose or something like that I can use to connect to her and Damon's like um no she was here for like two seconds and it was all very dramatic (laughs) but then it gets super serious because Jeremy's like okay well tell me something about her First, Damon makes some gross sexual comment, but yeah. then he's like, she spent her last day in paradise, and when death came, she was not afraid. And Elena's <laughs> like, no, her last day, she was, like, running around trying to murder me. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Uh, and then Jeremy somehow <clears throat> explains, no, that's the dream that Damon gave her while she was dying. And then he's like, she's here. And we, like, see her, like, appear in, like, a PowerPoint presentation style. It just, like, kind of, like, slides over. And all of a sudden, she's there in the motel, oh sitting on the bed. 
And I was trying to figure out what was going on with her hair because she has her terrible hairstyle from when she was on the show, but it looked Mm -hmm. like it might be a wig. Mm. What did you think? I honestly didn't notice like one. I didn't think it looked good. Yeah. But I didn't notice it looking like remarkably different. If they didn't have her in the same haircut, there's no way that I would have remembered who it was. (laughs) So for continuity purposes, I'm glad that they made the wig or whatever it was happen uh, for for me. (laughs) Totally. And then something else terrible happens. (laughs) There's a lot to love in this episode, but there's also a lot that makes me want to scream. Yes. So I'll take this because you did the intro for Jeremy. (laughs) So... Caroline's taking a nice walk through our favorite wooded area and she's like walking and looking around and all of a sudden she sees Tyler. So he's back and she's like, hi. And he's like, you have no idea how much I missed you. Um, And they do like a passionate embrace and presumably it carries through the forest down into the Lockwood dungeon where they start having like a passionate makeout session, like up against the wall where like all of the chains are from like the previous like slave ownership or whatever the fuck was going on down there. But they're going at it. Things that have happened in this dungeon. Mason and Tyler had horrible werewolf transformations. I mean, this is like leaving aside the historical uses of like <laughs> slavery. Um Yes. Tyler and Amy Bradley made out because Caroline compelled Amy Bradley to make out with somebody single. Wow. Um, Tyler almost killed Caroline's dad (laughs) recently. (laughs) Why are you going here to have sex? Right? I was like, there's nowhere else. It's so weird. I know. I'll talk about it later when we come back to this scene. But like, it is so weird. I don't know why they're down there, but... They're down there at the party having a good time. <sighs> I mean, I know that there are some dungeons that people like to make out in, but not this kind. No, this one's crossing a line and not in a good way. Oof. But then something else terrible happens. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so we pan to Matt Donovan's pickup truck and we see that he's dropping off Rebecca at the Klaus house and she has a question for Matt and she's like, listen, like, why are you being so nice to me, especially after everything that my family has put you and your friends through? And Rebecca says, you know, you've been helping out with the dance. You stood up to Caroline and defended the decision to have it about the 1920s. Like, I there's something else going on here. And Matt's like, listen, all I did was give you a ride home because you don't have a car. And I think that it's pretty damn sad that you can't get a ride without thinking that somebody else has an ulterior motive. But he does. I know he does. Yeah. It is pretty weird, though, considering, like, within the last string of episodes, Rebecca has, like, tried to murder Elena at least once. And she was up to stuff last week. What was she up to last week? I don't remember. She was torturing Damon. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. She had Damon strung up. I mean, Matt doesn't care about that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It is really weird that she's just at school. But. Whatever. It is. Yeah. She is rightly suspicious. And Matt is like, no, you're crazy. It's I'm just a nice guy giving a girl a ride home, even though she could Zoom. 
And she is like, oh, you're right. I'm just being silly. And then she, like, smiles to herself after he drives away, like, oh, maybe Matt likes me again. God oh, damn it. I know. I know. That made me so upset. And the hits just keep on coming because she goes inside and Mommy is home. Oh, Esther's just standing there. How long had she been waiting there? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely standing with her back to the door for like two hours just so she could dramatically turn around when somebody finally walked in. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. And Rebecca's like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you right now. And Esther says, I'm dying. Wow. I'm like, well, that's not really a reason. Why not just like speed up the process? <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, maybe Esther's appealing to Rebecca's emotional side or something here, but yeah. we don't find out much because it cuts away from that scene really, really fast. And we go back to the motel where Jeremy has started like moderating the conversation between Rose, Damon and Elena. Yeah. And he's not a very good ghost translator. Like he's a very biased interpreter. Because... Yeah. He's not actually saying what Rose is saying at all. <laughs> Yeah, because Damon asks if Rose is still hot, and Rose says, tell him he's still dripping with sex, too. I'm like, okay, that's a really gross way to put it. But <laughs> And P.S. I ship Delena. <laughs> and Jeremy's like, she says hi. She misses you both. Yes. Come on, Jeremy, grow up. I know. I mean, I, I understand editing the dripping with sex part, but he could have done a little bit better on the other on the other part. This is the closest Rose is going to have to a conversation with her old buds, and you're ruining it, Jeremy. I know. Well, what else did we expect here? Yeah. But she says that she was not sired by an original. She was sired by Mary Porter, whoever the hell that is. But she says she doesn't know where Mary is now, and she's going to, like, BRB and try to do some recon. So I'm picturing, like, Rose's ghost, like, wandering the United States... Really, like, zooming around the country trying to find this vampire. <laughs> like, how does it work? Can they, like, apparate? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, she's like, BRB while I figure out where Mary Porter is. <laughs> she also mentions she likes being on the other side because she isn't on the run like she was in her life. She can just do whatever she wants. But that really just means she can, like, watch what's going on or she can't actually do anything. Yeah. So that's pretty sad. It is. Poor Rose. And the only person she could talk to from the other side is Jeremy, which makes it even worse. Ugh. <laughs> and she didn't even like, she wasn't even like Vicky and Anna, who for some reason liked Jeremy. Yeah. She had better sense than that. <laughs> so we go back to the dungeon and Alaric is feeling very emo. And he's mentioning that like Elena's really worried about Jeremy because he has the ring too. But then he says, maybe Jeremy's alter ego is just a pot-smoking hippie pacifist. Like, Jeremy's alter ego is probably a fucking nightmare. I know, and I don't understand it, because, like, what does it mean that Jeremy's current personality is? Because I'm pretty sure that he was already smoking pot. Very much so. But Alaric's having an existential crisis, which I guess is understandable. He's, like, thinking about his past as a, a vampire hunter, and now he just hangs out and drinking with vampires and this evil evil Alaric is actually like all coming from him that this is something that is his personality 
And Stefan's like, oh, let me tell you, I know a lot about having an evil alter ego. And it's just the darkest parts of you. Because that was like me as a ripper. I'm over identifying with the situation. We're evil buddies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, I forget if Alaric says this or Stefan says this, but they're trying to like get like in Alaric's head and like understand why he has this evil alter ego. And they recap that Alaric's wife left him to become a vampire and then his girlfriend was killed by a vampire. So it makes sense that that's going to be like his darkest like drive in order to like get back and destroy vampires because mm-hmm. they've been the reason he's been crossed romantically so many times. Vampires keep cock blocking him. So <laughs> when he they do. has an alter ego, it hates vampires. And then Klaus unceremoniously <laughs> just fucking barges in and he's like, found one stake. Where's the other bitches? And then he like comes in and starts threatening to kill Alaric so that he could get the stake and Stefan's all like, listen, we figured out that when an original is killed, their whole bloodline is taken down. So we need to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and let's destroy the stake together so that we're all safe. Yes, we're all on the same side now. Although, of course, Stefan is secretly planning to murder at least most of them. Yes. But Klaus is like, oh, you need him to fall asleep? Cool. And then he, I think he snaps Alaric's neck, but the way it, it's shot is very confusing. Because, like, he just zooms over to him and, like, bends his head slightly. And then he just falls to the ground. Yeah. It's unclear what attack happened there, for sure. But either way, Alaric dies. But luckily, he's wearing the ring again, so he'll come back. But he died last episode and this episode, so... I just feel like they're, like, compressing the evil here and really, like, I don't know. It's making me nervous. It feels like a bad idea that he's still wearing the ring. Yeah. I don't know. Things that I would immediately do if I found out that I had an alter ego caused by my magical ring that was a serial killer. (laughs) Take off the ring and lock myself (laughs) in a cage. (laughs) Right? And only one of those things has finally happened this episode, but not the other. It's ridiculous. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Alaric is out for the time being, and Stefan and Damon have a quick phone chat where they're just recapping what's happening on their end. And Damon mentions that they're at a motel, and Stefan's like, motel? Like a place with beds that you could have sex on? With my girlfriend? (laughs) With Jeremy in the room? what did he where did he expect they were going to stay maybe a hotel i don't know i think he just didn't expect they would stay overnight but they have to stay out there because they're waiting for rose to come back and tell them about mary i don't know Mm. again flying to virginia to denver and back in a day is a lot that's eight hours of travel man better them than me (laughs) right This is now a good time for me to say that we're recording this episode and tomorrow in, I guess, this timeline, I'm going to Denver, Colorado myself. But I'm hoping that I will not see Jeremy while I'm there. Just don't go to the batting cages. (laughs) Yep. I'm going to hit up the batting cages right before my cousin's wedding. That seems like a good uh, bachelorette party. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) So, yeah, Damon's all like, yeah, motel, whatever. I'll call you back when I know more. And then 
we cut over to the motel room where Jeremy and Elena are in there and Jeremy's starting to like pry. He's like, listen, like what's going on with you and Damon? And Elena's all like nothing. And he's like, well, it doesn't seem like nothing. But Damon interrupts their conversation by walking in uh, because he's ended his phone call now. And he's like, I need to freshen up, like gonna gonna grab a shower. Kind of leave it at that for now. Yep. And Jeremy mentions even Rose noticed something. Oh, that's right. I'm like, no, Rose said that she ships it. <laughs> Get <Yes>. it straight, Jeremy. <laughs> And then we have this really awkward scene at House of Klaus where Rebecca's like, how are you dying? I thought the witch Ayana uh, preserved your body or whatever. And Esther's like, look, reasons. I'm dying for reasons. Abby became a vampire and I can't channel her power anymore or something. I'm weak. And Rebecca's like, well... Boohoo, let me play the tiniest violin. You wanted to murder me, so forgive me if I don't give a shit. And then Esther did this long bullshit speech about, I've been watching over you from the other side through all of your joy and heartbreak for a thousand years. I was always at your side, daughter. Oh my god. Uh, your accent is like cracking me up today. Oh, <laughs> a thousand years. <laughs> Take it home, Beth. Let's hear your accent. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, like, Rebecca, like, listens to all of that, and she's like, okay, but whatever, you still wanted to kill me. And Esther's all like, yes, you shouldn't (laughs) be alive after 1,000 years. And she, like, grabs her hands, and they do this, like, weird hand-holding thing. And Esther starts to, like, shake and make, like, a creepy, like, wide-eye, like, contact thing with Rebecca. Um, And then she, like, kind of just, Esther kind of collapses and falls to the ground. And Rebecca seems more or less fine um, during this process. Yeah, it's like, oh, she said she was dying. I guess she really was. That was quick (laughs) and unceremonious. Right. (laughs) So... We leave Esther and Rebecca in that weird situation, and we head back over to the Lockwood Dungeons, where uh, Tyler and Caroline have slept together, and they have this, like, fancy setup with a couple of flameless candles and, like, some really plush blankets that look like they're from Costco, and they have, like, a little bed set up in the middle of the dungeon. Um, Where did this shit come from? I know, right? Caroline didn't have like a packed bag. (laughs) I know it doesn't make any sense, but Caroline makes a joke like we are going to do this on a bed sometime. Right. And Tyler's like, LOL. Yes, of course. Now that my um, now that I'm back because I want to test my sire bond uh, with Klaus and see if it's actually broken. Um, And he explains to Caroline that he feels like a lot freer and more like himself after he's turned 100 times in the Appalachian Mountains and he's ready to see Klaus and see if the sire bond can truly be broken. Hmm. And Caroline's advice for how to deal with Klaus is tell him to suck it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which I agree with. Amen. And then Caroline has to give an explanation of, like, what's happened in all of the episodes since Tyler left town to catch him up. And 
the main point of this is that thing where if one original dies, all of their kids die. And if Klaus is not the head of Caroline's bloodline, then everybody else is going to kill Klaus because they don't give a shit about Tyler. Mm-hmm. And Tyler's like, oh, exactly. fuck. Exactly. So at this point, we go back to the motel where there's just like the weirdest scene um, between Damon and Elena. So Elena is laying down wearing some kind of like lacy shirt in the motel bed in one of the motel beds. Jeremy's in the other one. Mm-hmm. And Damon comes out of the shower and puts on like a button up shirt, but like leaves his abs and chest <laughs> exposed. And he's like picking up a liquor bottle and he like pouring it slowly and drinking it. And Elena is just like staring at Damon like without blinking for minutes <laughs> while this is happening. And we get and Damon... all these close-ups of Damon's abs and like his nipple, his hairy little nipple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like and him his... sultrily drinking the whiskey out of the plastic cup. <laughs> and it's so weird because she's staring at him and they're like maybe 10 feet away from each other. So And like... he doesn't notice for the longest time. <laughs> He's pretending not to notice. I am convinced. There is no way that somebody could stare at you from that close range for that length of time. Uh, But eventually, Damon notices that Elena is sexily and somewhat oddly staring at him from the bed. And he, like, makes eye contact with her. And then she, like, pretends to be sleeping for a second. Good job, Elena. But, like, only for a minute, and then she, like, wakes up again and, like, starts making eye contact with him again. Mm -hmm. And it's just so funny. I was laughing so hard at this. (laughs) And then Damon gets into the bed with her, of course, because that's what he does. Yes. And Elena's like, you never told me what you did for Rose. That's so sweet. Why don't you tell people about your sweet deeds? And Damon's on his Damon shit. He's like, if... If you do good things, then people always expect you to do good things. And that makes me mad. I am a free man. I'm a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And the scene I actually remember very clearly from the first time watching it. It's like, there are a few scenes from the season that really stuck with me at the time. There was, like, Damon putting the necklace on Elena in the season premiere. And then Damon and Elena, like, lying in bed holding hands and staring at each other. Because I was super into Damon and Elena at the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, are they gonna do it? <laughs> With Jeremy in the next bed. Oh, God. Uh, but yes, they're doing some, like, tentative hand-holding. And the tension is definitely there. Like, Elena starts, like, breathing heavily. It's like the phrase heaving bosom is the only way to describe what's happening with Elena. That is exactly true. <laughs> Bosoms be heaving in this, <laughs> in this motel room in Denver. Bosoms be heaving. The Beth Kozlowska story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and suddenly Elena's just too horny and she gets up and runs to the vending machine outside. Yes. And Damon follows her and I'm like, button your shirt, dude. You're in public. But we know he won't. <laughs> and like he like starts approaching Elena and she's like, don't. And he's like, why not, Elena? And then she, like, turns out, and they start, like, super passionately, like, making out. Yep. Yeah. And he, like, is pushing her up against the wall, and they're really going at it, and then suddenly Jeremy appears. He's like, uh, 
Mary's in Kansas. Let's go. And he makes a very yeah. judgmental face at Elena. I, yeah, I wrote, gives Elena disgusted look. <laughs> Jeremy is judging. Jeremy has no place to judge anybody. Come on. No, he doesn't. He does not. I did enjoy that this whole romantic situation took place in front of a vending machine because a vending machine plays a very uh, big role in the start of a relationship on Buffy. The first oh. time that Willow and Tara do magic together, they hold hands and make a vending machine float and block a door where some like monsters are trying to get them. <laughs> nice. It's classic. Vending machines are very sexy, as we all know. Once you see those M&Ms and the little spiral thing, <laughs> all bets are off. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to kill that boner, we had to go back to the dungeon. Well, one of two dungeons in this episode, I realize I have to clarify. We go back to the Salvatore dungeon. Right. Where Alaric is waking up from his death. And Stefan's like, we're kind of fucked. Like, how do you want to play this? And Alaric has a cunning plan. Yes. So he goes on like a long diatribe here where he realizes that his alter ego is protecting itself inside of a lark's body and his alter ego won't come out um so he takes his ring off and he explains to stefan that stefan actually has to straight up attack alaric and like kill him or try to kill him so that he could see if his dark side will come out and defend himself against imminent death from stefan mm-hmm. it's very convoluted Yes. And it also raises all these questions like, if the evil alter ego is just like riding along awake and aware at all times, then what is this thing about him only coming out when Alaric's asleep? Because <laughs> that t- turns out to be bullshit very soon. Right? <sighs> but we don't get to see how that plays out quite yet because we have to see Jeremy being a little bitch. Our intrepid trio of travelers has arrived in Kansas. How far is Kansas from Denver? I don't know. They're getting, they're all over the place. Like, what happens in their plotline, I swear to God, has to take three days. (laughs) Yes. But they found Mary's house. And they're like, Jeremy, you stay here by the car. We're going to go. And he's like, why? So you guys can make out some more? Shut the fuck up, Jeremy. I know. Your voice is exactly how he said it, too. Like, he was being so damn annoying. And then we get this build-up to this character who Damon calls Scary Mary. And I want to know more about Mary. I wish we got to actually see her. She sounds very interesting. She does. So they go into the house and, like, it's filled with, like, books and, like, other stuff. I think they might make a comment about how, like, she's a hoarder or something along those lines. It looks like um, Matilda Bagshot's house and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. It does. Yeah. It totally does. And, yeah, Damon keeps talking about, like, how she's super creepy and Elena's like, oh, how did you know her? And he, like, I don't know, does he, like, make a face or something that's like, indicates that they, like, had sex at some point and he's like... Yeah, I said she was creepy, but not ugly. (laughs) LOL. But unfortunately, she didn't get the chance to overhear that comment because they walk into a room and see her staked to the wall. 
Yeah. And she's got some nice red hair and, like, a fancy nightgown, but we don't get to actually meet her, unfortunately, because Cole has beaten them to the punch. Yep. And he stole a baseball bat from the batting cages. (laughs) Yeah, and he's just sitting there, like, swinging it around. So we pause there at Mary's house because we have to do a check-in at the cellar at the Salvatore Manor, where Stefan is now just speeding the shit out of Alaric. So it seems like he's agreed to Alaric's plan of pulling out his dark side by beating the shit out of him. And Stefan is struggling a little bit, and he tells Alaric that he can't keep going because of like all of the blood that's like pouring out of Alaric's face. And Alaric's like encouraging him. He's like... Listen, if you want answers from my darkest side, you have to show yours. And I gotta say, the sexual tension is off the charts in this scene. (laughs) Like, I feel like there's this weird thing happening in this episode where the Salvatores have become swingers because they've traded significant others. Damon is off in Denver making out with Elena and... Stefan is in the dungeon with Alaric, like, drinking and having, like, a very uh, sexually tense fight. Yeah. Like, Alaric's backing him up against the wall, and then Stefan is getting a face boner and shoves him away, and before they can, you know, take it any further, finally, evil Alaric comes out with a really creepy smile with blood streaming down his face. Yes. And then he calls Stefan nature's most hideous creature. (laughs) And also he says he's so weak. Oh, yes. So weak. (laughs) Nature's most hideous creature. And you can't even do that right. This has become the roast of Stefan Salvatore. Yes. (laughs) But we don't stay there for long because we go, we cut back to Mary's house um, where Cole's giving a little bit of Mary's backstory. And he explains that she was an originals groupie. And at first he's like, maybe I turned her. But then he starts fucking with Damon and Elena. And he's like, or was it Klaus? Or there was an Elijah phase? Or maybe it was Rebecca. So he lets them know that Klaus told Cole that they're trying to figure out like where their bloodline is descended from. And now they'll never know that because Mary is dead and he's not going to tell them. It's like, why can't Jeremy just summon Mary's ghost and ask her? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Again, don't ask too many questions. On next episode. (laughs) Yeah, so Damon and Elena have concerns now about, like, being fucked. And Cole starts, like, kneecapping Damon with the baseball bat again. Mm -hmm. Damon tells Elena to run, and she does, just like last week. She tries to ditch a Salvatore. Good job, personal growth, Elena. Yeah. But unfortunately, Cole zooms in her way and says that Klaus won't let him kill her because he needs her blood. But, you know, he still wants to beat the shit out of Damon. He sure does. And I was confused by this line because I didn't know what he was talking about. He says that he wants to get back at Damon for snapping his neck, killing his brother and humiliating him. And I'm like, when did he humiliate him? Yeah, I don't know. I wrote down that he wanted to get even as well, but I don't I don't know about like the humiliation part. Like Did he pants him in the cafeteria like... or something? <laughs> it's like maybe from causing a ruckus at like the ball, but David wasn't actually really like that Well, that was when he ball. snapped his neck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Listeners, if you know what the hell Cole's talking about, please write in. 
<laughs> and then we go back to, or does anything else happen in the scene? He just, Cole continues just to hit Damon really, really hard with the bat. And then that scene ends okay. with a big crack. Yep. <laughs> and we go back to Evil Arik, who is being very dramatic and telling Stefan, you're all going to burn ashes to dust. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the phrase ashes to ashes, dust to dust, bro. Read your Bible. <laughs> he can't read without falling asleep. It's true. But he finally, after Stefan is just threatening to kill him a bunch, he says that the stake is in the anti-vampire cave, a.k.a. Rune City. Wow. Why didn't they think of that? I don't know. But it's also not a very good hiding place because they have plenty of non-vampire friends who could go find it. That's true. But nobody really thinks about that in this episode. No. And as soon as Alaric, like, fesses up to where the stake is hiding, um, Stefan gets out of there ASAP, and he sees that Klaus and Rebecca are pretty much waiting on the other side of the door, and Klaus is all like, that wasn't too hard, was it? (laughs) There's my accent. Beautiful. (laughs) Then we have to have a very dramatic Damon Elena scene, where he's like... So what's with the kissing? I have questions. Yeah. This is also kind of convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Damon's all like, do you have feelings for me? And Elena continues to say, I don't know. But like, it's a little weird because she obviously does have some feelings, even if those feelings are just lust. So like for her to continue to say that, like, she doesn't know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense here. She doesn't know um, she needs a man to tell her. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <sighs> and she mentions that Stefan told her, like, she needs to figure it out. And Damon has had enough. He's like, okay, well, fuck this. You need to figure your shit out. I'm not going to help you. Bye. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, definitely. That That's the, that's the, that's the short of it. Like, he goes on and on about how, like, he won't mess it up by like doing something that like will make her mad and then like that would make the decision for her but it's elena's decision at this point for sure yeah and here's where things get incredibly stupid in a way that pisses me (laughs) off we go back to the salvatores where rebecca has taken alaric out of the dungeon and i this is where i genuinely have no clue if it's still evil alaric or if it's normal alaric for the rest of the episode i have literally no idea (laughs) Because why would they let him out of the dungeon, even, like, in custody of an original, if he was evil Arik? But he's kind of acting like evil Arik, right? Yeah, I thought he was evil Arik this whole time. But Rebecca's like, I'm going to take him to the cave and have him get the stake. Which, again, if it's evil Arik, he's going to go and get the stake and kill you with it. Like, what the hell are you doing? I know. You could ask anybody else. I know, like, everybody's out of town, but, you know, just lock him downstairs when Elena gets back from her trip, she can go and get the steak and everything will be fine. Or what is wrong Matt with you people? It. Right? Yeah. Rebecca can call Matt and be like, since you're being so nice, I have an errand I need you to run. And like, we find out why Rebecca's doing this later, but why is nobody objecting mm-hmm. to this? I don't know. It's so stupid. <laughs> it really is. I didn't think about it that hard before, but now that you mention it, I'm like, what the fuck? That Ugh. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, and we thought we had had all of the dramatic relationship conversations we could take this episode, but now uh, it's Klaus and Stefan's turn. Oh, right. Yes. So 
while Rebecca's on her way to the cave, uh, Klaus and Stefan have this little heart to heart and Stefan leads it off. He's like, well, what now, Klaus? Are you going to kill me? And he's like, no, I'm still waiting for my old friend to come back. Right, Ripa? And Stefan goes on and he's like, listen, I've been suppressing this side of myself for so long, but now that I know that I can repress it, I also know that it can't control me. And then he throws Klaus like out of the house. He's like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah, Stefan has achieved Mm -hmm. self-actualization. The comparison that I thought of is in Avengers Endgame when we find out that Bruce Banner has become what my... uh, subtitles dubbed smart hulk where he's giant and green but he's like his normal personality because Uh, he was able to combine the two sides of himself so i am now going to think of him as smart hulk smart stefan smart stefan that is definitely different than the stefan we've seen so far (laughs) it is he is a smart guy smart guy But Klaus is very sad about this. He's never going to get his friend back. Nope. But is it, was he really a friend if he was being, like, tricked into being a ripper? I don't know. I think he means, like, back in the 20s. Oh, okay. From then. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe they'll reunite at the dance. Yeah, all those uh, champagne fountains of apple juice or whatever will get them in the mood. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so then we do... One more check-in with Damon, Jeremy, Elena, uh, with special guest Rose. So they're driving in silence, presumably away from Mary's house, heading towards God knows where. Um, And Elena and Damon are sitting up at the front, like, kind of driving in silence. And Elena kind of, like, keeps looking over at Damon wistfully. And Rose is in the back with Jeremy, and she just, like, starts, like, dropping some wisdom, I guess? I don't know. She has something to get off her chest. (laughs) Yes, like, why? Uh. Yeah, she has mentioned that she is rooting for Damon and Elena, and she tells Jeremy, I know you don't like it, I know you think it's bad, but actually Damon's really good for Elena. Stefan's love is pure and he'll always be a good boyfriend, but Damon is more interesting and he challenges her and he could be the best thing for her or the worst thing. And I'm like, Rose, you have been on the other side tried with nobody to talk about and all you can talk about is is the relationship (laughs) between your ex-lover and this teenage girl. Like, (laughs) Right? Come on. Also, what does like the best thing for her or the worst thing for her mean? I don't know. But she's super into it. Yeah, she is. And she tells Jeremy not to let them know that she's there. So Jeremy can't respond at all. So he's just like staring at her like, okay. um, Talk about a captive audience. Cool story. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Like how you feel about Rose talking about (laughs) Stefan or Damon and Elena's relationship is how I feel about Rebecca deciding to go back and plan school dances um, now that she's like has her own life and is alive. Like, mm-hmm. this is how you choose to spend your time. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. We should all be so lucky as to find what makes us happy in this life. I guess. You I know, know that when I gonna... become a ghost, I'm going to find some really annoying little shithead and talk to him about why two people should date. <laughs> When you put it that way, I'm starting to come around on Rose's decision. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
And yeah, I think that wraps up that storyline for the episode. It does. And we have one more place to go before we wrap up the episode. And that is Caroline's house. Um, or no, we have a couple more things. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to end it too quickly. <laughs> okay, so we head over to Caroline's house where... <clears throat> We find out that Tyler is staying over um, because Sheriff Forbes has given her blessing because Tyler's going to be sleeping on the couch. So I guess they're not going to be able to do it on the bed this time. And I guess Caroline had talked to Sheriff Forbes about the fact that Tyler could die at any minute um, because she said that like Tyler could stay there until all of that gets sorted out. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Like, he has a whole mansion that he lives in. Like, couldn't he go home to his mom? But I guess well, he doesn't Carol's want people to know. Out on a date. True. I think he, maybe he doesn't want people to know that he's back. So, like, Klaus doesn't know. But nobody ever m- explains it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But they're being very romantic. Tyler's worried about the whole killing Klaus thing. But mm-hmm. Caroline's like, I just got you back. I'm not going to lose you again. And you think we're going to end this on a nice note. But then <laughs> Tyler finds something very interesting on Caroline's bedside table. It's the what return the of the horse drawing. Oh, my gosh. The beautiful horse in Caroline drawing. I did not remember that it came back and I was so excited. I am excited that we spent so much time talking about it in that one episode because I was shocked to see it make a reappearance here. (laughs) But yeah, like Tyler picks up this picture and he's like, what is this? Like, it's pretty creepy. And Caroline's like, oh, yeah, so creepy. Like Klaus drew it of me, LOL. And Tyler, like, all of a sudden, like, turns super serious and aggressive. And he's like well, why do you have it? Like, what the hell happened while I was gone? Why did you keep this? And he's, like, questioning Caroline. You better hope he doesn't see the bracelet or the ball gown. Uh, right? Yeah. If he's if he's this upset over the horse drawing, for sure. Caroline's oh like, God. I don't know. Like, what the hell are you talking about, Tyler? Yeah. But, like, at first he's just like, does Klaus have a thing for you? And Caroline's like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Because, like, obviously I would never go for him. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And Tyler just storms away. He's like, I'll find somewhere else to stay tonight. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Have a conversation. Tyler is so toxic. You just got home. I know. Is this because you're not allowed to sleep in the same bed? (sighs) This pissed me off. Yeah. But anyway, we have to go to that good old rune cave where Rebecca sends Alaric in. He finds the stake immediately, which again leads me to believe that it's evil Alaric. But he wants to have a chat while she's trapped outside and he's safe inside because he wants to make a deal, a confusing deal. Yes. So yeah, he tries to make a deal with Rebecca and he's like, listen, there's only one stake left. And if you help me I'd help me do something <laughs> like I won't kill you with the stake and we could kill like a different original I did not I understand know. what he was proposing here but it was like the gist was like he'll make sure she doesn't get murdered yeah. I guess if she makes sure he doesn't get killed I don't know it didn't make sense but <laughs> it's not really important because Rebecca suddenly walks into the anti-vampire cave 
and we're like, oh my God, what's going on? And uh, a really great line (laughs) that is accidental porn. She says, my son did use your body at one point. (laughs) (laughs) To explain that she's not Rebecca, she's Esther. Yes. And that when Esther got the shakes earlier, she must have been uh, implanting herself into her daughter's body. Wow. What does that mean? Where's Rebecca? It's a good question. Wherever Alaric was when he was Alar Klaus. Oh, Alar Klaus. Yeah. What are we going to call this person? Is, is it going to be Esbecca? Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebester. It's not as a snappy. Rebester. Rebester. Wow. Oh, boy. Yes, my name is Esther, and we have a great deal in common. Oh my dun, dun, dun. god. I had forgotten about Alar Klaus. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, back when things were simple. Right, and all we want, we only had one original to worry about. But now things are complicated, and we have Esther in Rebecca's body. Wow. <laughs> I had totally forgotten that this happened. I was shocked by this. Like, with how like random and uncommented on her like dropping dead in the living room was like that couldn't have been the end of esther that's true you're right but it wouldn't be wrapped up that easy yeah i think there's a moment where rebecca's there and klaus comes in and he's like what the hell and rebecca's just like oh mom's dead and then it just cuts away (laughs) like okay no big deal it reminded me of like last episode when what's her name sage dies and (laughs) elena's like she's dead (laughs) it's just like (laughs) somebody's got to say it so we know <laughs> yep so yeah that is this episode wow yeah very I feel like that was actually one of our quickest recaps i know um, but there was a lot that went down we're on it today it's nice and snappy yeah were you shocked when damon and elena made out i was i i honestly didn't think that it was going to happen, although I guess I probably should have been expecting it because there had been so much leading up to it, like, since last episode and this episode. But I thought that Elena really wanted to be with Stefan. So I don't know. I'm honestly not mad about it. I feel like they did a good job with, like, the sexual tension. And, hey, if it's what Elena wants, like, at this point, I'm team Elena. So she could yeah, she could make her decision. Get yeah. it, girl. Yeah. And it was hot. It was. I mean, the whole, like, eye contact scene right before that was a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> but, hey, to each his own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, All of the relationships are changing so much. They are. It's wild. What's going to happen with Tyler and Caroline now? I don't know. I genuinely don't really remember. <laughs> My prediction is that Tyler gets so mad about this whole Caroline horse picture thing that he's actually the one that kills Klaus. And that's how he tests his sire bond being severed. Whoa. But then that would make him die, too. Oh, wait, but that would (laughs) kill him. Okay, never mind. That is not going out in a blaze of glory. (laughs) Hey, maybe it would be weirder things have happened on this show. So, yeah, I just feel so bad for Caroline in this episode because she was so happy and like finally she had like an episode where she wasn't like taking care of somebody's mom who just became a vampire or like 
I don't know. She's just been like so busy with everybody else's bullshit. I was just happy for her for like two seconds. Um, but of course, we remember how much Tyler fucking sucks. So mm. it was short lived. Why can't Caroline have nice things? I don't know. And on the subject of people who don't let other people have nice things, who you want to punch? Hmm. I think you know my choice, but I'm definitely going to punch Jeremy. Mm. Um, He's back. He's more annoying than ever. And the scene where he said, why? So you guys could go in there and make out again. I was just like, for fuck's sake. Like, for real. Uh, He's just like so annoying. And also like the fact that the one friend that he made is just an original vampire. And... Also, he didn't even have his dog with him at the motel. So, like, where is his dog? All of these things just make me want to punch Jeremy. Also, I just didn't want him back in the show. So, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Where is the dog? Yes, I know. Like, he's been talking about this dog every episode for, like, the past three episodes. Jeremy playing fetch with his dog. Jeremy FaceTiming. You can see his dog in the background. Fuck that dog. I have to go talk to some ghosts. Yeah, I got a important meeting at the batting cages. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Fido. Oh, poor Fido. <sighs> Who I you want to punch, that Claire? I want to punch Tyler. <laughs> that was my other choice. With like an honorable mention to Esther for being the worst mom ever. Yes. But yeah, Tyler really came in hot, like... Just immediately being mad at Caroline with really no reason. Like, another man drew you a picture and you didn't burn it? What the hell? And, like, if somebody drew me that picture, I would frame it and keep it forever so I could laugh at it all the time. <laughs> but yeah, that's just me. it's hilarious. Thank it's, you for like your horsery. To- <laughs> <laughs> he should have been worried, like, did you fuck that horse? That is the bigger question <laughs> in this matter. For sure. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. He just so overreacted. It's like, you just got back to town and you did a lot of fucked up shit while you were here. And like, even if she had gotten together with somebody else in the meantime, like she didn't know if you were ever going to come back. Like, get over it. Right? I haven't been this mad at Tyler since he tried to rape Vicky in the woods. Ugh. Fucking Tyler. And like, yeah. I've liked Tyler more in this season than I ever did before, but he's not been great in no. his last few appearances. Ever since he became no. a hybrid. So, like, some of it isn't his fault, but this was definitely his fault. Yeah, 100%. He just overreacted like manipulative men do. Everything isn't exactly as I left it. I have to leave now and sleep probably in the dungeon. It was was literally one horse picture. Like, (laughs) he didn't see all of the pictures that Klaus had drawn of her back at the house and threw in the fire. Right? (laughs) Wow. Ugh. But yes. Good choice, my friend. Fuck that guy. Who you want to high five? Oh. Hmm. I think I think I'm gonna high five Elena this episode. Hmm. Um like we were talking about a few minutes ago, I'm happy that she seems to have somewhat like made her own decision of testing things out with Damon by kissing him um, outside near the vending machines. And she did have her sense of self-preservation when she tried to run instead of just standing there like an idiot when (laughs) Cole was attacking Damon. 
Um, and yeah, I feel like she's the most likable character in this episode. I feel like a lot of shit went down um, and Elena was mostly on the good side of it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to pick her this week. OK, how about you, Claire? Who, who are you going to high five? I'm kind of torn between a couple. Uh-huh. Because, like, every week I want to hi- I want to say Rebecca because I love Rebecca, but it's really I want to hug Rebecca because yeah. her life is so sad and she keeps having the same shit happening to her over and over. But in terms of – so who I want to hug is Rebecca, but who I want to yes, high-five is Damon. Okay. Because he stood up for himself with Elena. That's true. But also because he was, like, being super thoughty in the motel room, like, oh, let me just have my shirt open dramatically and sexily drink from this motel plastic cup and seduce this lady in front of her brother. But (laughs) he established some boundaries. He was rightfully annoyed that Elena was just kind of, like, stringing him along, sort of, which also, like, I'm not mad at Elena about that, but it's also, like, he's in love with her, so... He doesn't want the wishy-washy, I don't know if I even have feelings for you shit. Yeah. And it's always nice to see somebody establishing boundaries on the show because it happens so rarely. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> and, you know, you would expect Damon to just be like, whatever, my crush is kissing me. I will go along with it because it's what I want. And Right. But. That was a little surprising and, and somewhat... I don't want to say out of character for Damon, but it did it did surprise me for sure that he, like drew that line in the sand there with with elena he had some self-respect for once he did and also it was nice to be reminded of his nice relationship with rose yeah it was i could high five rose but it was super weird that all she wanted to talk about was delena <laughs> get a life girl <laughs> oh my gosh i know <laughs> doesn't she even have treva on the other side oh treva i forgot about treva his decapitated head <laughs> also where is elijah it's a good question he's the only original we haven't seen since uh they all separated yeah which is a travesty he's in some cafe in paris talking about ethics with chidi <laughs> oh my god he's a moral philosophy professor yes <laughs> perfect <laughs> all right so Speaking of subjects that we could teach college courses on, why are men? Hmm. Yeah, the big theme that like kind of popped out at me for this episode, Claire, was just shitty high school boyfriends and like mm. how early in life men learn to be emotionally manipulative to girls that like them. Mm. The big thing that jumped out, of course, was the car ride with matt and rebecca and like i know that matt has like other reasons for doing this to rebecca because they're keeping her at arm's length because of all the shit that just went down with like the michaelsons in general and he's working with caroline to like buy her some time like for the dance and whatever but the line about how he's like what you can't even like take a ride home like without thinking that I have an ulterior motive like that's sad it's just so like fucking manipulative and I just I don't know I just feel like I have been in like Rebecca's like situation like dealing with like somebody who's like using my emotions against me and like conniving Uh and it's just so fucking gross yeah I did not enjoy that yeah 
And then the same side of that coin is Tyler's complete overreaction about like the horse picture and like how super jealous he got and how he like turned it around on Caroline and like made it seem like something that she should feel bad about. Like, who gives a shit? It's a fucking horse picture. It's not her fault that Klaus has a crush on her. She's so great. How how does everybody not have a crush on her? Uh, yeah, like, I guess there's a complexity there with, like, the whole sire thing. But for fuck's sake, like, grow up, Tyler. She's been, like, actively attempting to murder Klaus the whole time he's been gone. <laughs> until they yeah. found out this thing that Tyler would die too. And now she doesn't want that to happen. She says nothing but love and support Tyler. She waited for him the whole time he was away, finding himself in the mountains. And now he's just like, oh, one thing is weird. So I am not going to stay with you anymore. I don't like you anymore. Yeah. What the hell? Uh, what the? F- yeah. Uh, those were just the two things that like really jumped out at me. And I feel like it's very representative of, like, being in a relationship with a teenage boy. So, Mm. I don't know. Maybe I just had bad luck. But I feel like both of those things could have, like, totally happened to, like, teenage Beth. And it just was, like, not something I wanted to watch. You know, mystical creatures aside. (laughs) I never dated as a teenager. So, I have no personal anecdotes for this. But it definitely sounds right. Would not recommend. Would not recommend. I would definitely not date a teenage boy now. Or a teenage, or of any gender. Yeah, no. Because that would be creepy. I hope that I never date a teenager again, and I wish that I could go back and not date teenagers also when I was one, so, Mm. I don't know. I've recently gotten back on the dating apps. Oh, okay. It's a mess out there. But the other thing on the show that stuck out to me was this whole thing about Stefan, like, basically giving Elena a hall pass to, like, go out and, like, have this trip with Damon and figure out her feelings before he'll allow her to, like, come back to him. It's yeah. like, just be together or don't be together. Don't be like, I give you permission to go hang out with the other guy you have feelings with. Like, yeah, that's so weird. It is weird. And that felt manipulative as well. But I know it's like the love triangle is the whole basis of the show. So they have to, you know, engineer these situations. But it was also such a Stefan thing. Like, I know what's best. I know what Elena's feeling more than she does. And I know yeah. the best way to deal with it. So I'm going to tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. It's a Stefan move for sure. Yeah. And that's all I had this week. Well, we'll continue to ask ourselves this question. But on a brighter note, let's figure out who should have done it. I think you know my answer already. <laughs> It was Stefan and Alaric. Stefan and Alaric? All right, all right. I don't know. I just thought that that scene became extremely bromo-romantic pretty fast. (laughs) I wasn't picking up on the vibes at first, but now that you mention it, I definitely see it. I like that. Yeah, it's wild. I never would have thought of those two before, but they were all up in each other's faces. and There was passion. Alaric was like, do it harder. Give it to me. I can take it. (laughs) Is that the best you got? Damn. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Beth, what do you think? Hmm. Well, there's the obvious one. Um, I feel like things would have went further with Damon and Elena uh, had Jeremy not stuck his annoying ass face in <laughs> it and was like, Mary's in Texas uh, or Kansas. Kansas, Texas. Same div. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, listeners, to all of those in Kansas and Texas. Please do not get in my mentions. Um, yeah, that was probably the one that I feel like, but I feel like that's super boring. So I'm trying to think of a better one. Okay. I pick Rose and literally any ghost um, so that she doesn't have to spend her time talking to Jeremy and uh, also like just talking about David and Elena for extended periods of time. Maybe there's a Treva back there. Maybe there's someone in the afterlife she could hook up with, but I don't want her to just be reminiscing about Damon and like having to chat with Jeremy. She's too cool for that shit. I wonder how it would work for them to be a thruple, Damon, Elena, and Ghost Rose. Like if they could get some kind of like fancy bracelet that lets them see ghosts. Yeah, as long as Jeremy isn't involved. Yeah. I feel like Rose was definitely watching them make out. Although no, because she was talking to Jeremy. (laughs) But I would like to see that deleted scene where Jeremy's asleep in the motel room and Rose pops back in and like (laughs) has to yell at him until he wakes up. (laughs) Jeremy, she's in Kansas! (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love that. That's definitely on the blooper reel. Yes. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. All right. So I think we only have three episodes left in this season. Wow. Crazy. It only took us like three years to get through this season. (laughs) It really has been three years, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. No wonder I don't remember what happened at the beginning of the season. (laughs) It's understandable. A lot has happened in that time, too. Yes. Well, things are picking up. I'm excited for the next couple episodes because mm -hmm. I feel like they're going to be very good ones. So the next two will probably be like outrageous. And then we have like the falling action in like the final episode usually of the season. And that kind of sets us up for Mm. the following season. Yeah, that has how it has been the first two seasons. Yeah. But as we all know, this finale of this season is my favorite episode of all. Ooh, yay. So I'm very excited to finally get to it. Excellent. Me too. OMFG. So if you have thoughts, feelings, explanations of things that we didn't understand in this episode that maybe we're just stupid about, feel free to mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or on Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. Yes. You could also find us on Instagram at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. Um, And we also have an email address, which I now know. (gasps) Um, You could find us at the VD diaries at gmail.com. You certainly can. And as always, we would love if you left us a rating and review on iTunes. We haven't got one in a little while. That's okay. Everybody's super busy out there living their (laughs) lives. But if you feel so compelled, uh, we would love (laughs) the... um, Love some new reviews and um, some new ratings that helps people find us and increase our listeners. Yes. And if we're ever going to take over the world and bring the good word of mozzarella to the masses, we need you to leave these reviews. (laughs) Yes, that's the way to do it. (laughs) So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Uh, Stay away from the batting cages because those can be pretty lethal weapons. And Jeremy Gilbert might be there. He's a ripper. Mozzarella.